Welcome to Lipstick and Tea. We are your hosts, Faith. And Brianna. Tonight, we have my very best friend since elementary school, Tillery Williams, with us. Hey. <laughs> and we are going to cover the standards of beauty in today's cultures and media and the idea of women's body types. I mean, as women, we do so much and spend so much money on weave and clothes and accessories. I mean, come on, ladies. The list goes on and on, and it's all in the name of beauty. But who or what even depicts beauty and what is the definition of it? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Faith, because actually, <clears throat> according to Webster, <laughs> the definition of beauty is a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially the sight, which basically means you look good. Anything that looks good, you cute, fly, fine, that's what beauty is. Okay, okay. Um, we're going to actually talk about Cult, the different types of beauty in culture. Um, so what we did was we went around and looked at different cultures and saw what what's beautiful or what the standard of beauty is in each culture. And some of the things may surprise you, some things may not. For example, in Asian culture, the standard of beauty is for women to be thin, pale-skinned, and have thick, dark, shiny, long, straight hair. Um, here in America, there's a clinic in Southern California that's Specific, that their specific purpose is to create the creases for Asian eyelids. U.S.-born Asian-American women between the ages of 5 and 24 have, a higher, have higher rates of depressive symptoms, such as suicidal thoughts and suicide attempts, than the national average. Also, with the pressure for them to be so thin, they, a lot of Asians end up having eating disorders. And going back to the eyelid thing, Julie Chen, an uh, a personality host on television, she actually admitted to having plastic surgery to make her eyelids look less Asian to further her career. That's wow. actually interesting because my mother has a very close friend mm -hmm. that's Asian mm -hmm. and she's very conscious of like what she consumes, what manner she consumes it. Like that is their culture. For instance, when they went out to eat, the first time, like, they went out to eat, she asked my mom, like, why do Americans order a cold drink with their food? Like, why do y'all drink soda and this, that, and the other? She was like, where I'm from, we drink hot tea or hot water with our food because it helps your food digest, you know, faster. You know, mm, yeah. therefore, it's not really packing on the calories. You know, it's kind of going in and out, if right. you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm. That's so, true. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's just like, wow. And every time you see a, you know, right. Asian person, they're really thin, but they're very conscious of what they eat in their diet. Right. Yeah. And right. I mean, it's crazy, like, that the extremities to, I mean, not so much obvious in Asian countries, but coming to America being westernized, the fact that they will actually have surgery on their eyelids, that there's an actual clinic so, whose sole purpose is to fix Asian eyelids wow. so that they can look American. And I mean, it's sad to say, but Julie Chin, she's a really successful journalist now and host on television. And she had the surgery to help further her career. So it seems like it did help open her up to a larger demographic of people. But it's interesting when another culture has a feature from a different culture, it's not seen as unattractive. It's seen as attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, 
if a black person has slanted Asian eyes, mm -hmm. now that is the key feature that you notice on their face, and it's like that is so yeah, that's cute yeah. about you, you different know? and attractive. Yeah. I do um, also agree with that. I think like certain beauty standards in different cultures play a big part in other cultures. Like also with the African American culture, we get Indian hair and Brazilian hair. You know, and that's like the beauty standards in those countries. And we see it as beautiful. So right. we try to obtain it. Right. Um, in, in Latin culture, um, a lot of the key features or ideal features are the slim waist, small butts in Argentina, but perky butts in Brazil, and larger breasts in Venezuela. And actually, that's a, a common gift for your quinceanera is breast augmentation so hey, I I been happy. so when you turn 15 years old you my friend could get your breast enlarged hello i should have converted i love that 15 years old though you're right. not even really developed like 15 you know yeah yo, you, you might be a late bloomer i should have just put myself up for adoption at 15 <laughs> in brazil skin whitening is seen as a sign that a person is moving up in the world um i also i read online that they were saying if a lighter skin, fair skin, or um, white man ends up marrying within to the culture, they're seen as cleaning the plantation. And um, historically, the elders would rejoice if the baby came out to be fair skin because you're cleansing of the darker skin. Wow. And um, that's in... Brazil, yeah, in Brazil, wow. skin whitening is seen as a sign that the person is moving up in the world. In Latin America, many believe good looks can open doors for you. Good looks are seen as a means to fortune, love, and opportunity. Um, also, they look at the standard of beauty as Barbie. Like, women look to Barbie and men look to Ken. I was looking last night. I was watching Botched. And they had um, the human Ken doll oh from Brazil. Oh, my have you seen him? Yeah. Girl. And he, he literally said he fun. saw Ken and was like, I want to look like that. Like, they literally look at Barbie and Ken and say that they want to, no matter what it costs, no matter how extreme, whatever can get them as close to looking like Barbie and Ken. I mean, it was crazy. The man even had surgery, like, on his biceps, triceps, like, everything. I did see that. I did see that. They're, like, all cosmetically um, put in. Yeah. Like, his abs, his biceps. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous. That's overboard. Right. <laughs> it is. And um, the highest rate of bulimia, anorexia, and other eating disorders with adolescent girls in the world is in Meldlin, Colombia. 17.7% of girls suffer from eating disorders there. It's like the fashion capital of Colombia, of South America, and a lot of it's very common to have an eating disorder um, living there. Their, their view on beauty is that it's by any means necessary, whether it's liposuction, plastic surgery, or skin whitening, whatever it takes to look beautiful, do it. Wow. So, yeah. A lot of people think, like, South America, or especially in Brazil, like, oh, that's where beauty is, or carnival and stuff. But when you think about the mindset, like, it's such a competition. Like, we already live in a world where, or at least here in the United States, we all kind of, like, look at girls like, mm, like she cute or whatever but to think that these people it's a common practice to have something altered on your body to make you look beautiful it has to be stressful trying to grow up and love yourself in a world where you're king senior it's like nah boo boo your boobs too small here go get you some like when you're told that it's fine if you want to but if you're at that young it's like this is wrong with you change it yeah cosmetically change it and also like it has to be hard on them because 
you're surrounded by fake. Yeah. Honestly. So exactly. it's no natural standard of beauty. So you're constantly surrounded by the imagination of what beauty should naturally right. be. Right. We talk about how it's unrealistic for us to look to celebrities, but they look to plastic like Barbie and Ken. Yeah. That's yeah, not. That's just an object. Right. Wow. Um, in, in Indian culture, the standard of beauty is almond shaped eyes. A straight, sharp nose, full lips, a hairless body, thick black hair, and an hourglass figure. So I have the Indians to blame for men expecting women to go get waxed all the time. Basically. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Basically. And they said uh, skin tone, like light versus dark, because, you know, Indians come in different shades as well. It's not really matter. I mean, it's kind of a preference thing for them, Mm -hmm. but mainly it's those things, the almond eyes, the straight nose, the full lips, hairless bodies. Like, these women are getting waxed and lasered to make sure they don't have hair on their bodies, except for that thick black hair on their head and those hourglass figures. That is so... I had a a co-worker that I worked with, and I think she had a, a Indian background, some type of Indian background. Her name was Sahara. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that was her name. And she, I remember when we were working together, she literally went through the full body lasering treatments mm-hmm. where she had to have like series of them. And she would come in and she was like, oh my gosh, my body is in so much pain. And I was like, oh, Sahara, wow. like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, she was like, I just got everything lasered again. And I'm just like, I say everywhere, Sarah. Everywhere. I'm like, girl, kudos to you. You know. Mm-mm. Um, bless her heart. <laughs> um, African culture, not to be confused with African American or blacks, um, but actual African culture, um, the standard of beauty is seen as curvy, voluptuous figures, large breasts, big butts, thick thighs, and um, regionally, body painting, lip plating, and scarring are also markers of beauty, um, which I thought was interesting. Like, looking, I don't want to quote wrong regions or countries, so I'm not going to go there. But I was looking online, <laughs> and I noticed, like, they were saying literally from a young age, like six years old, the little girls will have, like start getting scarring on their stomachs and it'll, you know, heal over time and rescar and rescar. And by the time they're of the ripe age, whatever that is, um, the, it, it's a signature that they're ready for marriage. And then also like uh, lip plating, it starts like they pierce your inside of your mouth uh-huh. and then they put like a little plug, like a little thing in there and they slowly get bigger and bigger and they'll actually the, get plates, real plates and... Um, decorate like the women take pride in it they'll decorate their plates and stick it inside it's like you have to go google it it's online and like your mouth will hang out and it's very painful and sometimes it's so painful that they'll even have a few of their bottom teeth extracted to get make room for the plate and um they wear it with pride like for marriage and they'll even put pieces of food on the plate and bring it to their husbands oh uh uh Girl, that's dedication that I will never have. Yeah, and like if in some places it's like, (laughs) in some places it's like if you refuse to do it, you're not seen as like worthy or you know woman enough to be ready for marriage. Like the women who go through it, um, I guess I'll be single all my life. (laughs) 
It's fine with me. <laughs> and then naturally, I'm sure we've all seen like the tribal paintings, like the little painting on the faces and stuff. A lot of them do that for aesthetics. And then um, I also saw in Nigeria, they have fattening um, houses. So like mm -hmm. they'll literally take the girl and put her in a house and she doesn't no, like minimal exercise and her only job is to eat until she can get large and voluptuous and ripe for marriage because wow. it's like she puts the weight on so like her hips and stuff to be able to carry and birth the children and also weight is seen as like a sign of wealth because you can afford to well eat can her. i go and wear a waist trainer while I'm sitting and I, so, so no. it'll go out to the right. No, okay. No, you can't do that. You just you gotta accept wherever that wherever <laughs> that weight drop, boo. It's where it's gonna that's drop. What, that's, okay. that's a visit. I'm fine without. <laughs> um, and then in European culture, we all know tall, thin, blonde, blue eyes. They didn't even say blue yeah, eyes. Really? Actually, European. They open to the other eye colors, but tall, thin, blonde. Uh because oh, you always hear about the bombshell, like the blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, tall and model type. Well, yeah. she still got to be modelicious, but she can have brown <laughs> eyes. She can have green eyes. Maybe get a little frisky and have some hazel eyes. Okay. But um, interesting. Tall, thin, blonde. I know that just fixes that stereotype. Right. Me. So sorry, right. all you European women and redheads. Um, we feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so next we wanted to talk to you all about beauty in the media and Faith, I think you wanted to start that off. Yeah. Like actually the fashion industry, um, has always had its share of depictions of beauty. So like with most models, you see them on the more petite side mm -hmm. and being skinny and fit are praise in the media. And actually, in the Dove's uh, Real Beauty campaign, they started the I Am Beautiful Because, and it's usually, I am beautiful because I'm perky. Hashtag, I am beautiful because I'm intelligent. So, and that was on social media. And the campaign originally started with an What's Real Beauty experiment, and they soon capitalized on, like, the backlash from Victoria's Secret campaign. I don't know if you guys remember, for their body bras, um, and it was the perfect body. Oh, quote yeah. unquote, um, with the skinny models. And honestly, if you've seen Victoria's Secret models, especially Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell in their Angels days, they're usually all skinny women. So, like, the pattern of their models is always skinny, tall women. So, um, a UK student um, actually fought back with that campaign mm -hmm. and she started a petition that gathered over 26,000 signatures and it was on change.org and she also created her own hashtag hashtag I am perfect um and she also tried to garner the whole apologize um from Victoria's Secret and they never really formally apologized for their ad but they did change their ad to now it is called a body for everybody so it's a little bit better so yeah. what do you guys think um, wait so what was the first name what was the the original name the perfect body uh, and now it's body for everybody wow yeah. well don't they have an awesome pr team <laughs> <laughs> hire me hire me uh victoria's secret i got you um 
But I mean, that's all seen in the modeling uh, industry because also Calvin Klein um, in 2014 released their uh, first plus size model. I mean, I guess you can call her a plus size, quote unquote. Her name was or is Myla Mm -hmm. and she's from Pennsylvania and she was a size 10, ladies. Most women are about an average size, maybe eight. Right? No, girl. An average size woman is like a 10, 12 in, a, in like the U.S. That's your average size. But I, I saw that too. And a long time ago, um, well, not that long ago, I was watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I saw that, I think it was like Phaedra was throwing shade at Cynthia or something about, she was like, oh yeah, girl, I saw you in my mom's catalog and um, for like women's clothing. And so she was saying like the in the model industry, plus size is like, a size eight and up and even though you wouldn't think right, that that's average right but that's in I the got modeling pregnant world. I was a size 13 in jeans well I'm so. a size hmm, 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 and so <laughs> 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 yes let's put that on the shelf <laughs> but yeah that's seen as plus size to be an eight or, uh, or higher so now we have the media considering the average size as plus size so now the average young girl is thinking i'm fat you know when really you're a size eight you're a size 10 you're average now they're thinking i have to be a size four right. so you know what let me go ahead and practice you know the eating disorders of anorexia and bulimia because right. i'm considered fat right in the media and one thing i do love um now that you said that i was um reading on yahoo or something and um Courtney Kardashian said in an episode on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like she was talking to Chris and Chris was like, Do I look fat in this? And she said, Don't say that around my daughter. And so she like banned the word fat around her daughter. She doesn't want her daughter to hear the word fat or hear her or any of her family members asking if they're fat because she doesn't want her to grow up with that insecurity. And her son Mason, whenever he sees like the paparazzi, he tells him like you're fat. Like he sees it as like just almost like a curse word, like you're saying yeah. something bad. So I thought that was really good that she started her family off young and saying like we're not going to even use that word to even talk about ourselves. Yeah, that's really good. I do, yeah. I do like that. that I she honestly that. consider Kourtney Kardashian the most natural Kardashian. Yeah, the most, I guess. Kardashian that's real she's She's real real. she's aware of reality you know you really don't see too many changes on her body and to me she's the prettiest because she you know she's aging gracefully yeah she's she's just you know beautiful in all she does and she's honest you know and I think that it's great that she's trying to instill in her kids at a young age that Despite the fact that my family is so image crazed, yeah, I don't want my children trying to live up to a certain standard, right? You know, I want them to believe that they're beautiful no matter what. I don't want them to be caught up in all of that. So I think that's great. Kudos, Courtney, go on, girl. And that that brings up a a good point that I wanted to ask y'all spur of the moment. But like y'all both have daughters, so Mm -hmm. like, how do y'all feel about? That whole thing, like the image standard and having children in the world and how they're going to view their bodies and accept themselves. I think it's it's nerve-wracking for uh, me because my daughters have two different hair types. And I wonder every day... Mm-hmm. And it may it, it may be, you know, trivial of me, you know, nobody else may think of it that way, but mm-hmm. I know how the world thinks. 
So it bothers me every day because I wonder if my oldest daughter will be envious of her little sister because her little sister have has a more silkier hair type than mm-hmm. she does. You know, and she struggles right now with image identity because when we go in public people will say to her little sister all the time oh my gosh you're so cute because Mm -hmm. she has these chinese squinty eyes Mm -hmm. and she has this you know silky hair and my my oldest daughter will be like i'm pretty too yeah and i'm like you know y'all when y'all compliment one you need to compliment the other because i don't want my child to think to think that this is the standard of beauty like beauty comes in all different Form, shape, sizes, textures, whatever, you know? Differences is what makes us beautiful. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, too. Um, Just having um, a brown-skinned child, and usually, you know, in the world, light skin and good hair and, you know, just being exotic is what's pretty. So for me, I already know, like, it has to start with me. Like, it has to start in my home. You know, no, oh, stop eating so much or, oh, watch what you eat or watch Mm -hmm. your calories or no, honey, you can't do this or or don't get in the pool because you're going to mess up your hair. Like I need to make sure that I'm not making it all about beauty and all about how she looks. Yeah. Yeah. Though she is really cute, though. I know. (laughs) But that's one thing, like, you say that I know for sure, like, once she's older and can kind of understand, I definitely plan on not saying, like, oh, you know, look at those thick little thighs because, you know, she's a baby. All babies are chubby. Chubby. Up and chunky. Right. right? If you're not a chubby baby, okay, I'm I'm being, I'm putting the ideal sense of beauty on babies now. (laughs) I personally love chubby babies, though. I think they are the best cuddlers ever. Yeah. Yeah, she is such a great cuddler. Right. (laughs) But yeah, when she gets older, I definitely won't say those things just because I would never want her to grow up. Because I remember when I was little... My cousin's very tall and very slender, mm-hmm. and she was a dancer, but I'm not. I'm more curvy. And, like, I know um, my grandmother, she didn't, I know she didn't mean it, like, maliciously, but she would always say, like, oh, you know, you're so fat. But to her, fat's, like, healthy. Mm-hmm. But she would say fat, and I went to school where all of my classmates were Anglo-Saxon, blonde hair, blue eyes, slim girls. And so when she would say fat to me, I'm used to hearing it fat in a negative way. And it really bothered me, like, to the point where I wouldn't, like, I would eat less. And, like, there was a time period where I even would you know like oh my gosh I'm getting so fat I need to stop eating or maybe I should throw up my food maybe I should you know take these laxatives to drop some weight because it just stressed me out so much like I wanted to be slim like my cousin but that's not my body makeup like no matter what I'm never gonna be that slim person and so knowing that I went through that I'm definitely I want to be mindful whenever I do get married and have kids but also with other little kids I want them to feel accepted and not because you might not think it in passing like oh you're so fat or oh you're so you're a cute little fat person but (laughs) like that sticks in someone's mind like you call me fat like especially if they heard it somewhere else and it's usually a negative yeah uh, thing in school of course when you hear your grandma say it or your little mimi say it you know you it's coming out of love from them yeah but you're in school you hear it as a negative thing yeah it's coming out of a malicious place right right definitely and for me it was like 
I, w- I remember, like, even asking my dad, like, oh, Grandma Sal is fat. And he's like, oh, she doesn't mean it like that. But for me, it was like, I thought my cousin was the standard of beauty because she was, she was like a size zero. So she's this tall, lean dancer, and I'm nothing near that. And I was just like, oh, why can I be skinny like her? Why can I be, you know, the dancer in the leotards like her? Like, here I am all thick, but... um you know, like, you go through those different things. So, for me, I'm just more conscious of, like, how I felt. So, I wouldn't want to make someone else feel that way. Yeah. All right. Um, but going back to, like, campaigns and stuff or how the media portrays it, Airy also, um, American Eagle Sister Store for lingerie, they launched their campaign for Airy Real where they featured um, all unair brushed models. So, they did no Photoshopping on their photos. Um, and and so they did that to they wanted to show their customers what real beauty is like. It's not these photoshopped pictures. Um, and also because their demographic is focused on fifteen to twenty one year old girls, and those are probably those are the most impressionable people in the world. You know, fifteen to twenty one. They're all about the media and models and what's television and what's hot, what's not. So they were very mindful in focusing on them and just showing them what real beauty is, untouched photos, flaws. And they also had some celebrities um, featured in their campaigns on airbrushed, you know, just to show them, hey, nobody's perfect. You know, we all got cellulite. We all, nobody, we don't all have flat tummies and little slim thighs and things like that. So I thought that was really cool that they did that and brave of the celebrities who participate in that campaign because in a way it's making them vulnerable like you know you're gonna see me on airbrush like all my instagram photos are airbrushed and you're gonna put me on a poster so i thought that I think was really that's cool, really cool yeah too. that's really cool yeah i was talking to my boyfriend today and you know i struggle with skin issues mm-hmm. and sometimes i have to bring myself back to reality and realize that because we're all humans we all get pimples mm-hmm. we all get wrinkles we all get this we all get that but so many times in the media you see these celebrities and they're perfect 24 7 you know they're all made up because they're all made up 24 7 right and i think it'll be so awesome if we showed young girls that not also you know not only is the the standard of beauty you know um tainted when it comes to weight but it's also tainted when it comes to skin it's tainted when it comes to hair it's tainted in all aspects of it you know yes and Tillery, we were talking um the other day about logan browning and you mentioned her instagram of how she posted that picture yeah and she wasn't all made up she wasn't and i applauded her for that i haven't seen that i'm gonna have to look that up she posted to her instagram and she posted a picture with her of it was either acne medication on her face or it was like a clay mask Mm -hmm. like spot treating Mm -hmm. and she said i just want my viewers to see that this is the real me Mm -hmm. and i have struggles just like everyone else but i embrace who i am and this is me and I love that because so many yeah. times we spend hours in the mirror not only trying to perfect our hair, perfect our skin, perfect our dress. We try to critique every little inch of it, of ourselves. Right. Just to yeah. measure up to this fake image. And of beauty yeah. that's not even really it's real. Not real. It's right. not real. 
Yeah, that's true. That's and I, I like um I also follow Tracy Ellis Ross on Snapchat and I absolutely love her because she's the same way. Like she'll have her mask or she'll say, like, okay, y'all wanna know what I use? I use like six products <laughs> and I'm gonna let y'all know what they are. And I'm like, Yes, Tracy, I am here for it because she's you funny by the way too. she is like she's super she beautiful, but she's so real about it. Like she's probably the only person I know that can get away with like having her hair a hot mess, just woke up, it's all over her head, and she takes this picture and it's like oh my god you're so pretty like and she has the perfect little natural body yes yeah ever since i saw her on girlfriends i was like girl slay yes. with them hips girl yes yes so we salute you tracy go tracy um lane bryant also had um a campaign called plus is equal and but but before that campaign they also did the hashtag i'm no angel which was kind of like a little shade at victoria's, victoria's secret. secret so yeah. go lane right so everybody our team on fleek everybody was coming for victoria um and so they did the plus is equal campaign and they said that it's time to represent 67 percent of u.s women are size 14 to 34 hey yes wow. and not what was it at first eight to yeah 10. so no abu like 14 uh-huh. to 34 and but they're underrepresented on billboards magazines tvs everywhere we believe all women should be seen and celebrated equally see what people are saying in your voice and join us in calling for equal representation so they're saying that plus is equal that you know it's time to represent them and acknowledge their presence in the world as well so um yes girl and these girls right here are slaying yes they are so plus is equal.com if you want to see that campaign but yeah they they came for it like they're in their lingerie and they're fierce and they're confident and they're just showing that you know we're just as beautiful as well so i think that's a really dope campaign out there um yeah for and it. i also like um tess holiday she's another really um plus size model and she does the F Your Beauty Standards. And she was also in a video campaign. Um, I can't remember the name of it. But it was squashing all the stereotypes of what plus-size women can wear. Mm-hmm. People say plus-size women can't wear crop tops or plus-size women can't wear uh, a bathing suit and all this other stuff. And they really squashed all those stereotypes by wearing each of those items in right. the video. And they looked bomb right i just think that any size you are you need to be conscious of your body and your body type and Mm -hmm. what's flattering right you know just because you're a a skinny girl doesn't mean that okay all skinny girls can wear this right all big girls can't wear this there's certain things that you know look good on you and there's certain things that you don't and we all have to be conscious of that right you know i have children i'm a i I have a small frame Mm -hmm. but at the same time because i have kids and i want to represent myself in a certain manner i can't go out you know all the time with my butt cheeks hanging out or Right. Showing, you know, just being provocative. Right. And it's right. not that I I'm agree. a big girl, so I can't do it. No, there's other reasonings behind you should wanting to respect yourself and what you wear. Right. So I think right. that that should be, you know, across the board, you yeah. know. And if you're a full-figured woman, by all means, embrace being full-figured. But also embrace being full-figured and 
wearing something that's flattering right. to your figure. Yeah, definitely. To your figure. Because I know that there's shorts out there that are flattering for a full figure, yeah. full figured woman. Right. You know, there are certain bathing suits and there also are certain two piece bathing suits right. yeah. that are high waisted and yes. they can flatter a full figure woman versus yeah. a little tiny itty mini bikini so it just depends on what's flattering to you it doesn't mean that you can't wear a crop top or some shorts or a bathing suit it's just the style that will flatter your body type exactly you know i have a friend and she's really really small you know um she has a cute figure but she's really small so she can wear short shorts and it not look provocative because her behind cheeks don't hang out but somebody that has more of a, a rear end, mm-hmm. you can't wear short shorts because now your behind is hanging out. So right. it's not saying you're fat, you can't wear those. No, we're saying they don't it fully, doesn't look tasteful. It doesn't That's look tasteful true. on I, you. No, I could never go out in those short shorts. First off, I have a daughter, so I wouldn't. But I could never, I would never, ever go out in some short shorts, you yeah. know, type. Just because it wouldn't look tasteful. It would be like, oh, she's looking like a hoochie. Yeah, that thought over there. Right. right. <laughs> One thing I will say about swimsuits, I'm, I appreciate like that Drea for her mint swim line. She added a plus size I collection. Love that. Like, I love that. I think they're coming back. Like they're starting to now. Other designers are starting to give plus size women their their props because before there was this very limited um, collection for plus size women. It was like you have to wear a muumu or just be covered up. But I think they're making sexier pieces for them and also showing, like you said, the two pieces are different styles mm-hmm. and cuts and patterns that are flattering for the plus size woman. Yeah, and I love that. If we're going to put a lot of energy and passion into making clothes to fit this one stereotype, we need yeah. to put the same energy and passion into making clothes to fit everybody's right. size and everybody's shape. Especially if there's more a, a higher percentage of plus size, like they said in the um, Lane Bryant campaign, 67%. That's more than half. So if you're not catering to the more than half, like that's a poor business so mindset. Exactly. I'd be like, where your coins at, boo? You only tapping in to about... You know, 39% of the coins <laughs> Exactly. Like, you need to cater to who going to cater to you. Exactly. Cater to everybody. Right. And going on bathing suits, since we're talking about bathing suits, um, everybody knows that every year with summer is the beach body movement. Hashtag A summer 16. Pressure. Drake, here we go. <laughs> so, I mean, I have been pregnant for summers in a row now. Stay pregnant, Jesus. <laughs> so, I mean, back to back. But um, Drake quote. every <laughs> year, a lot of women, Shout out to Drake. you know, see the memes and the gym ads saying, are you beach body ready? So you start to ask yourself, wait, am I beaching body ready or am I not? So you may avoid the beach or avoid you know, activities on the beach that, because mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't want to encounter another woman that's beach body ready. And you're looking like, look at me compared to her. With yeah. this big old belly. Right. She over there. Pressure, like, right? Or the, yeah, then the snapback movement. I see a lot on Instagram. A lot of women, they're like two weeks after postpartum and they got a six pack. I'm like, wait, but I don't have any kids and I don't have that. But also like to go back to Drea, I believe it was Drea that filmed her process. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's to the public, but she said she recorded her process of trying to get her body back because she wanted everybody to know that it was natural. Mm -hmm. But also what I like about Drea is now when you see her photos and her stomach is out, you can still see that line of, of 
of Ni- Niagara, I mm-hmm. believe that's what it's called, mm-hmm. from being pregnant. And she doesn't try to put makeup on it to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And to me, that speaks volumes because that, that lets people know, yes, I just had a baby. I'm still proud of my post-baby body. Yeah. You know, I'm working to get it the way I want it. But in the meantime, this is me. Right. And I can right. appreciate that even though I've never, I've, I don't have any children, Lord. <laughs> but I can appreciate, like, when you work hard for it because a lot of women, I really do see that. And I'm like, wait, you just had a baby two days ago. Like, how you got a six-pack? <laughs> right. I'm confused. Like, what did you do? You just jumped yeah. into it. No, girl, she got the doctor on speed dial, on standby. <laughs> right. But be Maybe honest six, about it. You have it. to, like, recover. You know, it takes three months before it going to a surgeon but it's just like having the pressure to snap back right I mean, like, yeah. to me, I not lost my baby weight from my daughter and going into a second pregnancy you know the next year it's just I do feel some of that pressure of like oh lord how <laughs> you know so I definitely know that the whole a beach body movement pressure and having kids pressure Right. Yeah. And like Tamara Maori, I, I, I like her because she's talked about it, having her second child and it's been a slow process for her and, you know, just being comfortable in her body and working out and things like that. Like, I think for women who have had kids, it's important to not feel that pressure like oh well it took her four weeks to get back to her you know pre-baby weight so now I have to or even Kim Kardashian how she said she had to change it up with her diet um the first time around she did some other type of diet but this time she did more of a low-carb Atkins diet and worked out I just think that and it's taken her a while but she's tracked her progress whether it's stepping on the scale or saying oh I have 20 more pounds to go and it's taken her months it wasn't just an overnight thing and God knows she has the money that she could have easily got it sucked out of her. But the fact that she didn't, I can appreciate that. Because even just being normal and having some weight on you is hard. So to see other people going through it and documenting it, um, their process and the work that they put in, it, it it makes me feel better as a person. Like going back to Tracy, I see her, she's like doing Pilates and Snapchatting her workouts. And I'm like, okay, like she's not just born this way. This woman puts in work. She is yeah. sweating. So I have no excuse. If I'm going to sit here and eat some ho-hos and whatever, <laughs> then I I can't be mad that I don't look like her. Like if, if she's putting that kind of work in, then I need to put that kind of work yeah. in. And right. I think that especially for pregnant women, you know, now is the time for you to be embracing and loving and cherishing motherhood. That feeling of accommodating to the standard of being fit after pregnancy should not overshadow the joy of being a mother. Yeah. You know, it, it just shouldn't. It may, It's absolutely ridiculous. Right. I need to be focused on loving and enjoying my child because I will never get these moments back, not worrying about should I be in the gym right now. That's true. But I do like the fact that you said fit. And I think that's one thing I'm glad that even the fashion world is taking a stand on. Like they now have weight uh, requirements. You can't be under your BMI because you're mm-hmm. seen as unhealthy. I like that it's more of a push to fitness as opposed to slenderness. It's, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, like, yeah. like fit is strong. Health, and thi- health, yeah. yeah. And people need to understand that you <laughs> no, this is embarrassing. So I like went and joined this like running group. And I was like next to this man, and he was, you know, he was a little thickums. He had, you know, he was a little chunky. <laughs> and I just knew in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna smoke this man. This man ran, he lapped me, and I was so ashamed. So, like, it just goes to show that 
it doesn't you can look at a person and think they're not fit but it's not really about the exterior you know when you're working out i'm sure he had been training for a while but i just knew i was like uh i'm like half his size i'm gonna easily smoke him and i was like no this man lapped me exactly right and it's what you practice because also going back to tess holiday she does have a workout regimen as well you know a lot of people may look at her and say oh all she do is sit around and eat so it doesn't, it's not all based on your size. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people may look like, oh, she has to work out. She has this fit body. She has this nice body. But you don't know if that person went to a surgeon. You don't know if that person has an eating disorder. And you may look at someone who is more full-figured. Right. Yeah. Yet she spends her time in the gym and she's getting healthy. Right. Despite her size. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely important just to be healthy and happy with yourself. And, you know, the weight will come off. It's definitely a lifestyle. For me, I I look at it even now as I try to develop my own workout regimen and healthy lifestyle. It's, you know, it wasn't overnight for me ordering pizza or sitting on the couch watching all these TV shows. Like, it became a lifestyle. So it's, it's not an overnight process. And don't beat yourself up if you are. You know, if you're on a diet or modifying your eating and you have a slip up or a cheat day and your cheat day turns to a cheat week, you know, yeah. get get back on it. But it's going to take time because you didn't get, quote unquote, well, I'll just say unhealthy. I'm not even going to say fat, but you didn't get unhealthy overnight. So you can't expect to just drop the weight immediately and get the body you want immediately either. It's going to take time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like, honestly, just being comfortable in your body, too, like, not worrying about, oh, am I beach body ready? In my opinion, if you're comfortable in your body type and you so happen to go to the beach, you are, in fact, beach body ready. So enjoy the beach. Right. Exactly. Yes. And in your moo or whatever you have to put girl, on. Go get you an ice cream cone <laughs> and sit there and look at them. People are like, what? <laughs> Say something. Exactly. Exactly. And, but going. Just being comfortable. Just yes. being comfortable your body exactly going into what you just said about being comfortable in your body reality tv star tamika tiny harris married my cousin clifford just kidding um she had um she had surgery to get her eye color permanently changed from brown to light gray she actually traveled to africa to have the procedure done um she said tiny said they go into your eye and they make a little slit they take an implant and it's folded up. They open it and spread it over your eye. They told me that the procedure was going to be quick, five to ten minutes an eye. They woke me up. It was very blurry. Then it kind of fades in. What are your thoughts on... Oh, I forgot a piece. The risks can be can be sight-threatening and can include glaucoma, cataracts, and corneal problems. And that was from Dr. Say, the president of the New York Eye and Ear Infirmary in Mount Sinai. I have seen um, a video, a 3D video of an eye um, with that procedure on YouTube, and it looks very, very, very painful. So I don't know how, if they put you to sleep, if they numb your eyes. But for me, I feel like just her, whether she's not comfortable with her eye color, me, I think brown is a beautiful eye color. And to me, it's nothing wrong with just wearing color contacts. I wear color contacts. So I wouldn't want to risk my eyesight or risk just a long-term damage or a damage later on in my life 
just to change something as simple as the color of my eye when yeah. I can just wear color contacts. The other day, um, I wear contacts. I wear clear contacts right now. I used to wear color contacts. I love color contacts. I just love them because to me, they're like changing up my lipstick or yep. changing up my eyeshadow, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I was on Instagram and one of the Instagram comedians made a video, a, you know, kind of a, a text slash funny video of Betty Idol and of her, you know, from Love and Hip Hop. And she had on a pair of blue color contacts. And he was like, can y'all please get rid of these color contacts? Mm -hmm. And he was like going in on her and people were laughing. And I was sitting there like, dang, I was about to order me some more color contacts. Mm -hmm. Should I reconsider? <laughs> and like, honestly, and then. You know, on my way home, I was like, honestly, if that's what makes me happy, then I'm going to do what makes me happy. I could care less about what the world has to say. Right. You know, if, yeah. if that's what I want to do, if I want to wear color contacts, I'm going to wear color contacts. Because even when I take them out, I'm still Tillery mm -hmm. and I'm still beautiful despite of. So, you know, to attack people for what they decide to, you know, do with their eyes or do with whatever their body, I just don't think. Right. You know, it's necessarily yeah. right. Now, with Tiny, that is that is a very risky procedure. Yeah. Honestly. You know, that's a very risky procedure. Would I have made the same decision? Probably not. You know. But I guess she said I got the money and I'm going to do what I want to do. But it was a very risky procedure. Do I think it's worth it? I don't think it's worth having blue eyes for me to walk out the, the eye doctor and possibly be blind. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Me neither. I agree. Like, for me personally, first of all, I wear glasses and contacts, and I have um, color contacts as well as clear ones. And I have debated within myself to get LASIK just so I wouldn't have to wear glasses. Yeah. And, I mean, and that would literally correct my vision and be a health, you know, correction. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm too scared to do that because I'm like, these are my eyes. Like, if something goes wrong, I am screwed. Like, I yeah. can't see. So, to do something based off of cosmetics that could do something like alter my vision and make me go blind, that's a bit much for me. I don't think I would do, like, kudos to her for doing it. And also, like, kind of what you said, I had a friend when I was going to get my color contacts and she was like girl, um, color contact, that's the 90s, what are you doing? And for a second, I felt like, dang, like, she, she really so played lame. me, like, so right, <laughs> ah, she just really played me, and I was really about to get them optics, like, color contacts, bro, shout out to optics, y'all can go ahead and sponsor me, um, <laughs> air optics, but, um, <laughs> I was like, but at the same time, I came back to the same conclusion you did. Like, these are my eyes. Like, if I want to change up, just like shoes or my yeah. hair color or lipstick, if I want to have green eyes today and I can afford it, I'm going to put some green eyes. That's just like me telling and the next person to look sometimes. Right. Yeah. It looks to me. Like, I feel like if you have brown eyes or I've, I've had hazel, I've actually worn gray eyes before. So, I mean, it just kind of gives you like this new look like hey like this goes with my outfit or hey like if I want to wear a smoky eye or e Egyptian style uh, eyeliner look yeah. mm -hmm. having hazel eyes complements that type of look yeah yeah I just feel like it's a it's a border between being natural mm -hmm. and being you everybody want to you know right now we're going through this generation where everybody's screaming be natural mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the same man that was going in on Betty Idol about these color contacts, mm -hmm. boom, 
if you decided that you wasn't going to cut your hair and you was going to let your hair be natural, mm-hmm. then, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be feel comfortable with that. Right. So I feel like, you know, color contacts and it's just like coloring your hair. Right. You want to change up your look or just when you go in the barbershop and you say, you know what, man, I don't want that same cut that I usually get. Let's switch it up a little bit. Let's right. try something new. It's the same thing. So for you to attack somebody else, mm-hmm. You know, just because that's not something that you would do, I just feel like that's wrong. Right. And I will say, though, same kind of as we talked about clothes, don't look a mess. So if you are going to do it, like, I mean, we we all have our hidden miss moments, but know what works for you. You know, I think after time, and it sometimes is a trial and error thing, like you can try on a color contact and say, okay, you know, these look really great on me. And then you can try another one and say, hell to the no. Like, that does not exactly. work with my look. So, Girl, you know. you think you go with these blue eyes. Right. Like, we know that's not you, ma'am. <laughs> you know, but it feels good when someone's like, oh, my gosh, your eyes are pretty. It's like, oh, yeah, but don't get too close. You're going to see the contact. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, even when I wore mine, guys would always say, you have such beautiful eyes. Are those your eyes? I'm like, no, they're not mine. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not ashamed of my brown eyes. No, they're not mine. Well, I'd say the same thing I say about my hair. Yes, they are. I bought them. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're mine now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's also, it's, you know, like you, I wear clear ones, too. And I still feel the same. I'm not like, oh, here I go with my little brown eyes the Lord gave me. No, like, I'm yeah. still me. Like, if I want to change something up, as long as that thing doesn't define me, I don't see the problem. Tiny, I'm so glad that the Lord covered you and that, your eye, girl. you still got your vision. And we pray that five years from now, you still got your vision. Right. But right. No for us, it's enough. Yeah. yeah, for us, we're not about to change our eye. We're not going to do that. Mm-mm. Right. And then what about her daughter? Her daughter also um, has, like, what is that, gray eyes? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if she did the procedure as well. Or she, did the procedure, she did it, girl. <laughs> she did it, girl. She did it. She did it. So yeah. not only did she do the procedure, she let her daughter do the procedure. And that's just one of those things, like y'all were saying earlier about being role models for your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing you have to think about. You're doing something, are you setting that example for your kid? And it's fine if you're saying, hey, if you don't like something about yourself, change it. But, you know, be mindful of what whatever you're putting out there, whether it is a confidence of, I like to wear heels because they make me confident. I like wearing color contacts or weave because it makes me confident. Or if it's, I feel devalued, so I have to alter myself to feel valued. Just make sure that whatever you do, you do it for yourself. You don't do it for somebody else. Exactly. Anything you do. Anything you do. It's for you. Exactly. And so going into that about the whole hair thing, um, we wanted to discuss with you all about the lengths we women go through for beauty. Um, Oh, this list about to be long. Let's start with the bare minimum. So the attire, um, the cost of clothes, designer gear, and the pressure to look good. Oh, I know for me, I mean, first off, I have a couple of friends um, who I've met while being in the quote-unquote NFL industry that love, well, they, you know, buy designer clothes and they would spend a couple of hundred on maybe a dress or top or pants. For me, I do like to bargain shop with my clothes, but I can see the value of spending, um, you know, a little bit of money on 
a good pair of shoes or a bag. And then honestly, because with some shoes, especially because Chimichoo is not cheap Jimmy at Choo. all. Jimmy that, their cheapest shoe is about $795. <laughs> and some change, you know, Chimichoo to go as far as getting like a Chanel bag, which their cheapest bag is $4,000. Like that's crazy, crazy. And that's for just a little clutch. So to think about how much we spend on just attire that's a lot of money on just a bag and a shoe and well, that's we see well we see we see how much fashion means to faith y'all this is our our everyday normal girl y'all she said them chimmy shoes them <laughs> jimmy shoes them jimmy shoes that's okay girl represent from being from Houston, <laughs> yes, represent. It's okay. You know, I mean, I don't own a pair of Jimmy Choo's, so, and I said it right that time. <laughs> a pair. I mean, I do love me a good lube, y'all. You do. And that's but those a, shoes that's a, are not cheap as well. Nope. Nor comfortable. <laughs> they're not comfortable. Yeah, they're I'm not comfortable either, but they are, they are They are. They are. They are fierce. They're, they're really, really fierce. fierce. Yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, if you can afford it, why not buy it? But if you can't afford it, don't feel bad for not being able to afford right. it. Because I will happily walk up in Marshalls. Yes. Baby. Preach. Okay. And find me a nice pair of shoes, a nice handbag, and walk out proud. Right. You know? And I don't mind wearing last season's clothes for the discount. It, they all come back in circle anyway. <laughs> exactly. Just like them chokers. Everybody was wearing them chokers when I was in middle school. They faded for a while. Now everybody wearing chokers again. That's true. So everything comes back around. You know, I just say, hey, do what's economical for you. If you love fashions and you, you love, um, what do they call it? Couture. Yeah. Then do it. You know, by all means, if you can afford it, do it. But don't overextend yourself trying to live up to a certain stereotype of the only way that you can be a bad chick is if you got all red bottoms and and Balenciagas and all that. No. Right. No. True. It's true. But we all, I mean, we all think about the beauty standard when buying clothes, whether you're spending like 20 to $80 yeah. on wardrobe item or if you're spending a hundred to two thousand yeah. dollars on wardrobe item like you're still thinking about hmm all right this looks similar to what beyonce had on yeah so yeah. let me get it and i can put it with this top and then boom i'll look just like b but hey we you doing it at yeah. a bargain price you doing yeah. it within right. your living right conditions but i think it's also about who you surround yourself with in your age because i know for me when i was younger i was such a label quote-unquote whore like i had to have designer everything and as i've gotten older now it's more important that i have pieces so my watches are designer or my shoes may be of a higher quality but my dresses may not be or unless it's like a work or business suit then i'm going to spend more but if it's an everyday i don't care as much yeah. but i think that comes with like age, adulting, when you start having to pay your own bills and life gets real. And then also who you surround yourself with. Like, it's not like I come here, I'm like, oh my gosh, Tillery, I have on these jeans from American Eagle. And you're like, oh, American, you need to have true religion, girl. Like, exactly. you know, like we don't care. It's like, oh, you look cute today. It doesn't necessarily matter. Um, yeah. And even like, 
looking at like, oh, you look cute in your little Burberry shirt. Like, honestly, most of those name brand shirts, you can't even really tell what the brand is unless you look at the tag. Exactly. Like Kanye with them raggedy shirts that I could get from Walmart and put some holes in it. No, Jesus, I'm not. Hello. I'm not here for that, sir. He did the absolute most. Sorry, sir. No, not going to happen. But even like Cardi B said it, she was like, a good cheap dress will look so good on you. And sometimes that's true. Like some dresses she wears, they fit her well. And she she's the first to say like, girl, this dress was cheap. So, I mean, you can find stuff depending on, you know, know your body type, know what looks good on you and what your style is. But don't break the bank because at the end of the day, all you're going to get is a compliment. Like, you're spending all this money getting a $400 shirt. The only thing you're going to get is, oh, wow, oh my God, that shirt's cute. Mm-hmm. And when the rent due, <laughs> don't expect to pull that like... shirt out the closet and hand it to your landlord. Because she's going to be looking at you like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> and then some of those cheap cheap um, outfits have good quality. They're yeah. still good quality. Yeah, so what's the difference of paying... A three hundred for a $300 shirt. I'm not sure how much Burberry or Calvin Klein costs, but mm-hmm. what's the difference between paying that for a shirt that can be maybe, maybe $40? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Right. And then naturally we spend, um, well, I, mean, I think makeup's cyclical because now what is it? Uh, strobing, which is basically extreme highlighting, but before that was contouring um, the face. So, we spend a lot on makeup and beauty products, too. Oh, my gosh, you guys. I was just telling Bree that I went into a, a skin store because my skin has been so dry lately. Mm-hmm. And this lady literally tried to sell me three products that were like $50 and over. And I'm like, okay, first of all, Tillery, let's be rational. You have a counter and a cabinet full of make, full of skin products. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just going to add something else to your collection and you're going to use it for a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to throw it underneath the cabinet with all the other skin products that you have. You know, so I just say be economical about this stuff, people. Right. You yeah. know, be I, economical. I, and Brie was like, girl, you better go get you some Cetaphil. Yes. Another and, plug. And, but I do love a good makeup like MAC and Makeup Forever. Like now, those, those you can't are be. my top yeah. shops, y'all. Yeah, now and those I you can't be. I can go yeah. in a makeup store and spend like two hundred dollars yeah yeah no i'm not about to do all that not at once like i mean when you first get your kit started but i'm not gonna i'm not an over like i prefer natural you know like i i grew up with the whole black doesn't crack so (laughs) i don't wear makeup daily anyway like if i do wear makeup it's like for a special occasion or because i care so it's more more for me it's skincare is more important but yeah definitely if i'm gonna um, invest. I'm gonna invest in quality stuff like foundation and stuff like that. I'm gonna totally go Mac. That's like that's where I'm, I'm a Mac girl. Because like, well, Mac is about fifteen dollars, right? Mac is, uh, Mac is uh, not that. Lipstick, it's twenty dollars. It's like yeah, twenty dollars for it's lipstick. It's not that expensive. Now, if you're buying everything like Bree said, if you just starting your kit and you go into Mac and mm-hmm. like I'm about to get everything from Mac, yeah, you, you about to walk out spending like six, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, you okay. know, but. When you just getting little stuff here and there, it's, yeah. no, it's not that expensive, you know? And it's so funny that you, you know, you say, I'm just a more of a natural girl, you know, I may yeah. pick stuff up here and there. Girl, I got on the plane mm-hmm. the other month mm-hmm. to go to Atlanta with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Spirit had just jacked us all up. And oh, I was, wow. like, praying on the plane, like, Lord, I don't need another, 
you know, bad experience with this flight, please don't let these people lose my suitcase because if they lose my suitcase, I got to start all over with my right. makeup. <laughs> right. And Lord knows how Smith and Jerry's like, everything else in that suitcase, you just worried about that makeup. <laughs> I'm like, look, it's about $3,000 worth of products. In that makeup bag. Right. Because it's a process to get your kit together. Get your kit together. Yes. Right. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Hey, but yeah, like Faith said, Mac and stuff, that, that type, the quality of that makeup yeah. is just, it's unbeatable. Right. You know, even the higher end makeups, every once in a while, I go get me some Dior foundation. Yeah. I, you know, YSL lipstick. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of Tom Ford lipsticks, yeah. you know. Just like Bree said, I may have a couple of swatches here and there that are name brand, mm-hmm. just to say I've tried it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it could pull your look together. Like, I, well, I know for me, one thing, I don't know, I, I'm just weird this way, but... I like to have certain things. Like I think a lady should have her own scent. So I have, I do. Yes. Have, I have my Chanel um, perfumes. I have a, a winter slash, I guess, fall one, and then I have a spring summer one that I alternate between. And so that, yeah, I spend money on that because it's my scent. Like you're gonna smell me, but um, <laughs> you gonna smell. Me. Don't even get me started on perfume with me. Yeah, like, you're a product I, junkie, Faith. Faith is a product junkie. Anybody want a product, give it to Faith. To, She'll use it. Go to Faith. If you, know, you, if I you love, miss I something. I love products, but I love perfume. Like, I've probably spent, like, not all at once, but in total, thousands. I probably have thousands. a good $800, $900 no, you in spent perfume thousands. alone. Oh, yeah. Just I perfume just maybe. bought you perfume for Christmas last year. Do you wear it? Mm. I wear it. Yeah. I do well, wear it, and I feel Burberry. Honestly, still, it's still pretty much full because she I have so, so much variety. She so I so might many. wear it, and then I'd be like, oh, "Okay, today I want to wear my Chanel." Oh, or today, okay, I want to wear you know the perfume Tillery got me, or you know, it's yeah. just sporadically. It's not as I don't wear it as often because I have maybe two or three. Yes, you know? yeah, it's just two two cents. You gonna when I walk through the door, you know it's me. So you're you're one of those that I wish to be like. <laughs> you know, it's like I keep telling myself I keep buying these perfumes because I have not found my perfect individual sense. Yes, but reality is I'm too indecisive <laughs> to stick to one thing. See, no. that's me too. That's me too. I can't really decide. Like I'm all over the place. Like one day I'm just like, uh, I don't want to smell like that. See, no, I had to, like, I don't know, I just, I have this handbook that I created myself. Maybe I should open a school for ladies. And, like, really, because I'm, I'm something like a Jackie O meets Michelle Obama. Diva. You know, kind of like a thing there. And I just really think, like, you should have certain things, like your jewelry. My jewelry is real. I believe in wearing real quality jewelry because it's jewelry. Like, it can pull a look together. Now, I do yeah. have, like, occasional... Like, I have, like, the big gold hoop earrings. But yeah. other than that, like, my diamonds and stuff like that or my watches are nice. But anything else, you know, clothes-wise, I'll kind of go all over the place, whether it's, you know, clearance or um, outlets or whatever have you. But things like that, jewelry and my scents and my makeup, I'll spend money on because I feel like the rest of it is kind of just there. But those are the outline pieces that pull you together. Yeah. yeah, for me, I, I don't really, you know, spend a lot on clothes either the most i spend is like you said jewelry shoes but if yeah. i had yeah. the money yeah you better believe i will reinvent my whole closet <laughs> yes i'm actually in the process of doing With that right clothes, now clothes is like kind of like a, a trick i mean i i like i just like to bargain shop on clothes like for me it's getting you know more for your buck like i just yeah. like walking out of the store with 
you know, 10 pieces for $200 rather than one piece for $200. Girl, you sound like, like me yes. in Carter's. Yes, I got both of my kids, four outfits each for all under $130. But you go in Jack and Jill and one outfit oh is $100. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, Jack and Jill, I do love. I have shopped in Jack and Jill for uh, my daughter. I do like their preppy look. Mm-hmm. But I do not shop there as often as I do as Carter's, just because Carter's you can't you can't go wrong with Carter's. You really right. can't. They have cute outfits for your kids, and then and your kids gonna grow out of them anyways. Right? No. Right. And waste pudding all over it. <laughs> right. Like, like girl, that's a two hundred dollar shirt. Eat with your spoon. All over her onesie. So I'm just like, if that was a Janie and Jack one uh, onesie or a Janie Jack outfit, I would be pissed. If that exactly. was a Burberry outfit, I would be highly pissed because I had to throw away that onesie. I yeah. can't. Exactly. One, one thing I do want to ask you ladies about um, moving away from children because I have none. <laughs> um, do y'all wax? So, Faith is a religious waxer. I am a religious waxer. That sounded gay, yes, didn't I it? That I knew that. That sounded gay, but that's my best friend. So I okay. I'm Your just best like, friend. That's my best friend. Yes. Best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am a religious waxer. I mean, I just I, it just kind of takes the stress off of doing it myself. Really, like I don't know if that's lazy or just wanting it to be done right. But I do go faithfully every four weeks. So okay, what exactly do you wax? I I I'm I'm just gonna say it. I'm not a waxer. So for all those of us who do not wax, don't know what the process is like. Take us through this, Faith. Oh, <laughs> the process. Honestly, if you don't go every four weeks, the process is very extremely painful. Like, have you had like your legs waxed and your armpits waxed and your you know? Your, she gets your you hurt. Yeah, your purse waxed. I do. I she get gets my the box waxed. My little uh. Your Brazilian, okay. Know, but have you had your legs waxed or like your armpits or anything? Your lip? I've had my lip done. Yeah, I've had my, and my eyebrows. I, I do get my I do get my face waxed, like my lip and my eyebrows. But um, for like my face, sometimes I just go to the nail shop and let them do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get to the nail shop before I make my four weeks, mm-hmm. then I let the nail shop do it. Mm-hmm. But for um, I love European wax in there because you can find them in every state so i definitely love especially with me moving around all the time Mm -hmm. like i don't want to go to a spa and then have to move and then i'm like dang gotta find another spa that waxes so to always go to european i love it but the process um like i do get my underarms waxed sometimes 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 i do it myself like just shave because it hurts (laughs) (laughs) so bad (laughs) i am not even gonna lie to y'all yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter like how often I go when I first did it and I had a full bush under there <laughs> it was extremely painful and then like when I went the next four weeks because the lady she was just like oh just give it time it's just like the Brazilian after you you know your hair doesn't grow back as often it won't be that painful like it'll start to Thin you up. know yeah. not not hurt as much yeah so I'm like okay I'm gonna trust you girl because you a waxer you know you know you're, you you know what you're talking about so after four waxes I was like look this chick, she lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just like the biggest wuss on the planet, but it still hurts. Like the first time I went to go get it done. So now like when I'm not feeling like shaving, I would just kind of suck it up and get it done. 
but on my daily or on my monthly waxes, my main services is like my stomach strip, Brazilian, and my legs, which total like probably a hundred dollars. Um, and then I'll tip, I'll tip the um, the waxer, but I also like Brazilians or the European wax packages. Well, you gotta so tip I, somebody like, that's in. You in between your, your little, you know, your purse in your purse. She in your purse. You gotta tip somebody that's all up close and personal. You do, you do. So I, I do, I do tip every month for sure, cause you know. And then I do like to use the same waxer. Cause I'm just like, you can't just I develop a relationship. With my I know, waxer. like I know you, girl. You know like, me. I need, a, I need. We need to, you know. I need to see you. You know, like I cannot be a promiscuous waxer. Right, right. Like I don't want to go to one wax lady and then next month have a whole different face all up in. No, she don't want to be known as the the thoughts inside a European waxer. Right, like, I go to one person and one person only. Right, they'll just be talking amongst themselves like, "Miss mm, well, Brock, cause she was with me last week. <laughs> she gets around." <laughs> to have a seasonal waxer but I mean with me going back and forth I mean because I go back to Houston you know during my husband's off season so it's hard to be with one waxer every month all year long so obviously I do have to you know cheat you obviously yeah. you cheat waxers you have an open relationship I, mean, I don't know if there's a male waxer out there but I've always had women waxers, thank goodness, because I could not do a male waxer. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> very awkward. <laughs> I've gotten it done a couple of times, and you know who inspired that? Is this one right here? No, okay. girl. You need to go get it waxed. Did it hurt? It did hurt. It hurt like hell. I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you. It hurt like it's the worst pain in the world. Oh, my gosh. I, I honestly told Faith, I said, this was worse than labor. Oh, my goodness. Like, I, at least I in labor, they give you pain like, relievers. It gets better. It gets better. But yet, she don't believe me. So now, every time you go on occasions, it's always going to hurt, girl. Yes, ma'am, because I don't believe in handing somebody my coins every three weeks. Now, I got a committed relationship with you and my money. This is a problem. <laughs> with you and my money. Like, this is a problem. I'm just also save you money. Because, like, with European Wax Center, like, I have um, a Brazilian package because Brazil, like, the Brazilian wax is a little bit more expensive than all the other waxes. Yeah. So, I mean, I spend, in, in before I say the price, you can do a payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> she had to throw that out there. The fact that you had to disclaim that. <laughs> so, I mean, with the package that I usually buy, it's like about $300. With the payment plan, you can split it up, you know, three months, four months, sometimes six months, and then you get 11 waxes with one wax free. So after spending $100 every month, that saves you a whole lot of money to me. Okay. That's that. I'm a plan for my tax refunds type of subscription. <laughs> <laughs> no ma'am that that right there in that bathroom will do just fine sometimes sometimes i'm a shaver sometimes i'm not a shaver if you love me you're gonna love me regardless you can raise your bumps with that use nails actually i've gotten more ingrown hairs getting waxes than i've gotten mm -hmm. them shaving 
See, no, that's not okay. So, I mean, that's that's just my yeah. personal experience. I don't know with anybody else. Right. But, you know, and I be right. in there trying to pick out these ingrown hairs. I be like, no, I don't want my man to think this is herpes. <laughs> like, no, this I is horrible. <laughs> like, she does not have any STDs. No. Any I promise you the doctor say I'm good. Let me send you the paperwork right now. Ingrown hair. Yes, it's the ingrown hair, baby. I promise. Like, no, anybody got time for all that? Like, but what I really want your opinion on, Tillery, because Faith and I had this conversation with her husband, Michael, the Brockers, last night. Okay. Um, plastic surgery. Girl, I'm all for it. Doctor Miami, call me. Please. I am all for it. And I've actually looked into Dr. Miami. Like, how, how, like, okay, talk us through um, your procedure, Tillery, and how much was it? Yeah, first okay. tell the people what you did. Okay, so I had a breast augmentation. You know, ever since I was younger, I struggled with my breasts. Mm-hmm. I was a part of the itty bitty titty committee. <laughs> and I'm not saying that people that have small breasts cannot love their breasts. Right. But me personally, I got tired of walking around like an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> you know, that just wasn't cool to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided um, when I was going through my divorce with my ex-husband that something that would make me happy and uplift my spirits at the time was to get my breast done. Mm-hmm. So I went and I, um, I went and sat down with a couple of doctors and then I decided on the doctor that I thought was best and had the best reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I didn't have all the money at the time to just say, okay, boom, here's $8,000. Fix me. Yeah. You know, I did the economical plan and I financed my boobs. Yes. And that's not a decision that I regret. Mm-hmm. I stand by my decision still to this day because now when I look in the mirror, when I put on a bathing suit, mm-hmm. I feel like a woman. I don't feel like a little boy. Yeah. You know, I feel like I can fill out my shirts. I can fill out my bathing suits. I can wear a little cute number. So. Yeah, so, you know, I did a, a, I financed my breast, and it's a decision that I stand behind. Um, I feel like if you're not comfortable with something, a part of your body, if you can change it, then change it. There's no reason of, you know, you living in, not necessarily misery, because I still had happy times. I wasn't a depressed person, Mm -hmm. but hey, if I could change it, I want to change it, and that was something that I could change. So... I'm definitely an advocate for plastic surgery. What I'm not an advocate for is underground procedures that are not FDA approved that really put your life in jeopardy. It's already bad enough that going underneath the knife puts your life in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, you're doing things that are not even approved by the federal government. Right. As safe for you. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so the black market of plastic surgery, I do not agree with. And I will never agree with that. And shame on anybody that practices that. Shame on you. Messing you get your coins point. another way. <laughs> Putting silicone on people. <laughs> get your coins. Were you ever, um, um, my, I mean, question, like, I... my question. My <laughs> question. Wait, Faith, I have to ask a question. Okay, so my question to you is, were you ever scared or concerned, like, about dying? Like, for me, whenever I talk to Faith about it, because mm-hmm. she considers it my biggest thing is, like, are, like, I don't want you to die. Yeah. Like, were you ever, was that? It was, it was very scary. It was very nerve-wracking. Um, It was exciting. Uh-huh. Like, the first 
two weeks up until the surgery. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get my boobs done, girl. I'm going to come back voluptuous, girl. Like, watch. And then, you know, a couple of days before the surgery, you like, Lord, be with my soul, Lord. Bless these doctor's hands and bless that table that I'm laying on and, and bless them, the meds that are being put in my system. You know, I, I overly prayed about everything yeah. because... You know, like you, a lot of people that loved me around me, that mm-hmm. was their main concern. Right. Was, you know, my safety. So I really prayed about it. And I, I had a really good experience, you know, with it. So, yeah, it was a thought in my mind. But I left it in the hands of God, you yeah. know. I Anything can happen to you at any moment in life. Mm-hmm. So I just left it in God's hands and came out right, girl. Yes, you did. Yeah. Shout out to my doctor. Women um, that decide not to get it, their main thing is fear of complications or dying, you know, or looking worse. So, I right. mean, that's definitely a big fear. I mean, for me, I have considered plastic surgery. Um, I still do consider plastic surgery. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like Tiller said, if, for me, if you have the finances to do it and it's what makes you happy and it's truly for you, I feel like if you're going to um, a surgeon every time someone tell you your boobs are flat or your nose look funny you'll be in the office every day exactly. so it's just definitely if it's for you I'm for me I'm all for it I'm all for self-improvement under the knife uh, in my opinion mm-hmm. and it was for me you know my soon-to-be ex-husband at the time totally did not agree with it yeah you know, but it wasn't for him. I didn't decide to go get my boobs done because I wanted this man to act right for our marriage to work. Mm-hmm. I got my boobs done because I was like, you know what? I'm tired of living for everybody else. I'm going to live for me. And I'm going to do what liberates me and makes me happy. And that's that's why I did it. So I feel like if you're doing something for you, then I'm for it. I support you. But if you say, I'm about to go get my boobs done. I'm about to go get my butt done because I'm about to be an Instagram model girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, you're doing right. it for the comments. You're, you're doing, doing it for it, the wrong You're reason. doing it for the attention. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, can you honestly tell yourself that's really what you wanted to do? Right. Right. Did you notice, like, a difference in the amount of attention you received after, like, male attention? Nope. No? Nope. I didn't get a, a you know, I didn't get a different amount of attention. Mm-hmm. It was honestly the same. People thought that I was a pretty girl before. They still thought I was a pretty girl afterward. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that changed was my perception of my chest. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that changed. And I'm cool with that, you know. And even now to this day, I may wear a shirt that completely covers my boobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that because that's not the main focus that I want you to have on me. Right. You know, do I want my man to enjoy them every now and then? Maybe. (laughs) But he honestly doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And he told me, you know, I've dated females with small chests. Mm -hmm. And I like them just the same. Mm -hmm. You know? So, hey. Right. But you didn't, you also didn't go out here and get, like, double Ds, triple Ds. Like, I would say, not that I check you out, but your breasts do look natural and proportionate for your body. It's not this boom. And that's funny that you say it because if there was one thing that I could change, I probably would have gotten them smaller. Really? When I look in the mirror and I see them, I love them, but I'm like, oh, girl, you got some melons. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, girl. Oh, they still look proportionate. They're not like um, K. Michelle or 
Nicki Minaj no, yeah. and yeah. shots and they have like the tiny little legs. And right, you can, like cartoon-like. Tell, you can tell that, that they've got a Brazilian butt lift or some butt shots just because it's not proportionate to their leg size. And, right. So I definitely, you know, think also with the plastic surgery, don't overdo it. Like if it doesn't look good on you, just kind of not saying that my doctor wasn't trying to he was trying to go bigger he's like you have the perfect hip width you Mm -hmm. know you can go with this size and i'm like i just want a full c Mm -hmm. you know full c or maybe even you know a b i just want something natural something there because literally after i had my daughter Mm -hmm. not only did i not have you know a lot of boobish but after breastfeeding, your breast sag. So mm-hmm. now I'm flat chested and my nipples pointing to the ground. This is a problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a problem. So I just said, just give me something that looks yeah. natural. Right. You know? And so even now I'm like, man, I wish I probably would have got them smaller had I known that, you know, even the the size that he gave me looked this big. But hey, at least I got them now. Thank right. you, Jesus, for the food. Yeah, I have another question for you, Taylor. Like, just after you got your surgery, is there now? Because people say when you get surgery, you start to get addicted to being right. under the knife. Is there something else you would would change if you were able to or had the money to? I was thinking about possibly like getting some fillers in my top lip because oh. I feel like my top lip. Is a little smaller than my bottom lip. I got that real black people lip where your bottom lip like hang, you know, it's juicy. It's juicy. But you know, I won't hey Kylie, shout out to you, girl. Call me, tell me who your doctor was. Because I I like the Kylie Jenner lip, you know, I yeah. just like it. But I don't want to be stuck like that and it go wrong. Mm-hmm. So as much as I think about it, I also think against it. You know, so not saying that if I got the money tomorrow, I will run down to the doctor. Feel my lips, please. No, I, I still feel like that's something that you need to research because am I truly OK with my lips now? You know, do I love them? Yes. If I was to go into the doctor's office and ask to get them changed and I walked out looking crazy, would I want my lips back? That's the question that I have to ask. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just kind of sit with my lips and, and be like, OK, I'm, I'm fine with this. Speaking of stuff, Lil' Kim, Lord, I just don't understand. I, I really, you cannot convince me that this is the same person. I have gone back into the 90s where Biggie was alive and looked at Lil' Kim and looked at her today. And I'm like, this is not the same woman. Like, she doesn't resemble, nothing doesn't. about her resembles herself. The same Lil' Kim yeah. from... What was that, the 90s? Yeah. And to me, that's plastic surgery taken overboard, honestly. Yeah. That screams to me that you weren't okay with anything about you. You've got your lips changed. You look like you've got your eyes lifted. Some of your forehead taken no, off. No, rhinoplasty. Your cheeks filled. Skin bleached. Skin bleached. Your butt is done. Your hips are done. Your boobs are done. Everything <laughs> on your body is done. Yeah. So what part of you were you happy with? Could you not find anything that you like? So, so which is crazy because, like, if you listen to her lyrics and stuff, or the image she portrayed, it's like she thought she was the baddest in the game, and it's yeah. like, but you don't look like you. Like, you were rapping about being bad, and all the men want you, and all this stuff, but you weren't. You you it. didn't want you. Yeah, and that's why for me, I'm just like, where did she get addicted to being under the knife? 
you know, was it something that she just like, oh, you know what? I got this done. So actually looking back, I'm really not happy with my boobs now. Or, oh, I got my lips filled. Okay, well, now I need a Brazilian butt lift. Was she really looking at like, oh, I'm not happy? Or was she just addicted to the perfection of being done up right. by a doctor? Because obviously, like, a natural beauty, is, yeah. it's natural. Right. You know, things can go wrong. You know, maybe you might do a couple of squats before you can have that perfectly round butt. Mm-hmm. But it's easier to just get that natural perfection. But by having to pay maybe 5000 to $8,000. $8, yeah. I mean, for me, like, I personally don't want to have plastic surgery. But that's also because I'm definitely afraid of dying during surgery or something going wrong but I don't knock anyone else who does it if you can a afford it and b you're doing it for the right reasons like if you're doing it like oh I just know if I get this this these butt shots I'm gonna get a man no you're dumb or if you're like oh you know I'm just like I could go buy me a house right now but I'm just really gonna use that mortgage money for these these breasts lord and just live in my car you're dumb but if you have the the finances to do it and you're you're like I just want to change this about myself, then by all means, do do you. And to piggyback on what you said about her being addicted to the surgery, I think she was more so addicted to the quick fix. She was addicted to bandaging her wounds. Because mm-hmm. obviously her wound was, you know, insecure. She, was, she had a lot of insecurities. She wasn't very self-confident. So she got addicted to quickly solving that problem but she never truly solved it right she just put a band-aid over it over and over again now what i will say is somebody who did plastic surgery well lanethia leaks ma'am i like nini's nose she she just got another nose job and i like this nose like not many people get good nose jobs, Hello. but Nene got a good nose now, job. that is something that I would definitely be super afraid to go under yes. the knife. Yeah, yeah that's your, you nose. Don't want your nose to fall off. Right. Uh uh-uh. uh. Rest in uh-uh. peace, Michael Jackson, but we don't want them problems. Right. right. I definitely, um, I I like Nene's nose. Shout out to Nene. I don't, you know, I, I think you should love yourself, but if you need to change something, she did it right. So if you could just let everybody know who your rhinoplasty surgeon was and they can get their lives. Bloop. Because plastic surgery is not plastic surgery is not, you know, it's such risky business. An uncommon thing. It's actually on the rise by two hundred percent. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's like ninety so percent of women actually are unhappy with at least one body part. And 7% actually go and actively pursue it. And another thing we spend a lot of money on, I know me personally, I love a good weave. So hair, um, I know, Brie, you're natural. And I love the natural thing. Me, I can never get it quite right. I've tried several products. (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, I'll just stick with the sew-ins. So I have tried several different hairstyles, uh, several different weaved, uh, whatever have you. But I spend about maybe $300 on all my bundles. And then I probably spend a good 150 on actually getting it sewed in. Depending on where I go and who I go to, I haven't been to um, anybody in 
Los Angeles, but obviously they will be a lot more pricier than 150. So we'll see when I can cross that river. But what do you think about hair, Brie? Um, yeah, like I think it's cool. You and I both have like different takes on hair because, like you said, you you get relaxers. I'm natural. Um, but I think women in general spend a lot on their hair, specifically black women, but all women. Um, and I used to get relaxers. Relaxers. Um thinned my hair out I didn't like it so I stopped um and so I ended up cutting all my hair off actually my dad did he took clippers and shaved my head off and then my hair grew back but um hair is just a precious thing it's like it's our crown and I spend a lot on products being natural um your hair is dry and it's fragile, so you're constantly either co-washing, deep conditioning, making sure there's moisture in it. Um, and being natural is very time-consuming. A lot of people think it's easy to be natural, that you just wake up and, you know, look flawless. That's a lie. <laughs> Any of these Instagram chicks or anyone with this dope natural hair, they put effort into it. There was a product, some time spent, like a craft, and art to shaping that hair. It takes a lot of time. And it's also trial and error because different products work for different hair types, hair textures. Um, everyone doesn't, op everyone doesn't, um, every hair type doesn't work the same way with the same products. So I've built my own little kind of collection of hair products over the years um, and they work well for me. But I've also, um, as protective hairstyles, styles that protect the ends of my hair from splitting or drying out, I do a lot of braids. Um, box braids, Senegalese twists, cornrows. I really like doing that because it's like a natural look and it's also protecting my hair, but I also do sew-ins as well, which um, can be really pricey. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I like hair. I like trying things. I also have a wig. Well, I have two wigs, but I, again, I'm really weird about things. So, like, wigs paranoid me because I really feel like someone can see that it's a wig. Like, I, because I look for hairlines. Like, I'm like, mm, I see where your lace front got cut. So, I'm not that big a fan of wigs. Like, I think the versatility of a wig is good, but... I'm more of a, let me just wear my hair out or in braids. I like the goddess um, dreads, goddess braids look oh, right now. Box. I do want to do that next, yeah. actually. That is on my hair to-do list for sure. Um, I have done twists. And I've tried the whole natural thing for a year. Yeah. Very difficult. It's I, not, honestly, I think I you're just busy. Myself natural because... I wasn't really wearing my natural you hair. I was natural under my weave. Exactly. So, Your weave grew so, out. So I wouldn't even call that natural before a year. And then when I did take my weave out, I would wear my natural hair for, yeah. you know, maybe three weeks before I went to the next weave style. Yeah. But I wouldn't really call it, like, natural. I just didn't get a relaxer for a year until I was just like, you know what, I'm tired of wearing weaves and I do not want to rock my natural hair for however long. So I was just yeah. like, you know what, I'll just get a relaxer. And relaxers are about $60. So yeah. for all you people who don't get relaxers or males listening in, so that's another thing we spend time on and spend money Definitely. on. Just all in the name of beauty. <laughs> right. And I think also... 
natural everyone can't be natural not necessarily and when I say that I mean obviously you're given the hair God gave you but what I mean is that it's not for everyone like I remember when I first became natural one of the reasons I did it I'd just gone through a breakup and I felt like it was a time of self-discovery I find myself discovering myself through all my breakups I should know me really well now um but for me it was also that freedom like I was so concerned about looking good for him and making him look good um so that when we broke up, it was about me and it was freeing. And for the fir- for the beginning, I was super insecure. I was like, oh, my gosh, I look like a dude or someone's going to think that, you know, I'm masculine. And well, I don't know what the PC term for it is, but like, you know, a lesbian or something just because, you know, I, I felt that I always had to wear makeup to compensate. So people knew that, no, I'm just natural. Um, I'm very feminine about myself. And then as my hair grew, I feel like. I grew as a person, even in the workplace, um, I still have that insecurity. I make sure my hair is quote unquote presentable, whether it's in a slick back bun or I have a sew in or a wig for an interview. And then as time goes on, I'll still wear professional natural styles. But like today I was ta- I was like, you know what, this is my hair. And I went to work and I just wore my hair out and it's fine. I mean, people ask questions naturally, but I think it's that insecurity of like, no one else worries about that. Other cultures don't really worry about what their natural hair is like. But I feel like in the black community, it's a lot of let me tame it. Let me hide it. Let me straighten it. Let me, you know, westernize it instead of just embracing that. Yo, this is me. You didn't hire me because my hair was straighter, because it was slick or because my Brazilian hair was bomb. You hired me because I'm intelligent and I'm capable of doing the job to which you were seeking an employer for or yeah, an employee for. So... Um, I'm definitely becoming more confident, even like with guys. There's lots of guys out there like, oh, I wouldn't date a girl who has natural hair. Well, good, because I don't want to date someone who wouldn't date a girl with natural hair. Or I've even had guys be so ignorant to say like, oh, you're natural. Like, so do you like shave your armpits and your legs? Like, I'm not a Wolverine. Like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm very well kept in my appearances. So I don't even know why that's a question. Just because your hair does not have a chemical in it to change it or alter its curl pattern does not mean that you're some barbarian out here um, living savagely. So I just, I think hair, you know, you just appreciate it, you know, and it is about a respect factor. Like, I personally, I like your hair even after you get yours relaxed. I think it looks really pretty when you have your sew-ins. I think it looks really pretty, and you've complimented me on my hair before. So I think it's you know accepting it's others. Happening. Yeah, it's just accepting people. Because I mean, with me, um, I know with a lot of I've seen a lot of women, especially well with other races. Um, I feel like they embrace their natural hair color, like whether they have like spiral curls or straight hair or you know like Mm -hmm. wavy hair they embrace it but with the african-american culture you see women nitpicking a woman's natural hair texture like oh she need to get a perm or oh she (laughs) need this or oh she need to just comb it or put it in a high bun like just tame it so i was just like why she can't wear it poofy why she can't wear it you know it's relaxed i mean it's shampooed is comb you can clearly see she's taking the time with it yeah but for them they wonder why you choose that over having relaxed hair right personally i envy brie with her natural hair i wish i had the time to get my hair (laughs) like that bless you i 
cannot. I've tried. I've tried. If I could, I would rock the natural as well. But it just doesn't work for me. And I know a lot of people, you know, they not to say that they treat you like a little pet. But I know a lot of people might be like, oh, can I touch it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my coworker <laughs> did this. Like, she did it again today, actually. So, oh, okay. So, I'm not a dog. And I hate when people do that. Like, one, I don't like when someone touches me without asking because I think that's weird. But my coworker, so I had uh, box braids. And she, did I have it? Yeah. And she literally just walks up to me. We're not friends. And she just grabs my hair. It's like, oh, my God, your hair. And I was like. I jerk back like don't touch me like that's weird we're not friends um and then today I had taken the box right out and washed my hair and she's like she literally gets like four inches in my face and it's like bobbing her head back and forth and I'm looking at her like what the heck is wrong with you and she's like shake your head shake your head and I was like why and she's like I want to see your curls bounce and I'm like I'm not an alien like this is not a foreign thing like that's weird and then one of my coworkers uh came in my office and he was like yeah you look like Macy Gray and I was like I don't even know how to respond to that because I don't you look like a man I don't I don't know what you what and so People can be really weird about it. I don't think people know how to accept it. or It's not even anything to accept. We're humans. This is hair. Like, right. it's just deal with it, you know? I don't, I don't know if anyone else, whether you're Indian, Asian, uh, Latin, European, white. Like, I don't know of any other that it's just like, let me touch your hair. Or, oh, wow. You know, it's just. I wonder if they hair. deal with that with their hair, hair textures because we all have different hair textures but it always seem I always seem to see an African-American who has natural hair always get the question can I touch it how does it feel right. or not even just even like an African-American who has a weave it's like is that your hair is that your hair yeah. oh my god can I touch Actually, it I have got to comment on that I change my weave quite a bit and um, we we are good friends. I mean, I don't know if she listens to my podcast, but we met in St. Louis when my husband, when the Rams were in St. Louis. Um, and she is uh, or was my neighbor's daughter. And we had play dates with our daughters and stuff like that. But she always commented on my hair. She was like, how does your hair grow so long or did you, why did you cut your hair? Or, oh my God, I love this bob. So, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a weed. Yeah. For sure. Right. Like, my hair doesn't just grow overnight. You saw me two days ago. <laughs> right. I had a lady like that in the parking garage. She, I th- she was trying to be polite. Like, she knew darn well. This was not my hair, ma'am. But she was like, oh, so like, um, so did it, oh, how did you phrase it? Something like, um. It took them a long, like, did, did you um grow it like that? Or did you, like, buy it or something? Or she, oh, no, no. She said, oh, your hair your hair must grow really fast, huh? And I was like, my hair does grow fast, but it didn't take that long to get these braids. Like, what? Like, you could have just asked. I don't know why you needed to ask that way. But she was just like, yeah, your hair must grow really fast. Because that, that had to take a long time to do. And I was just looking at her like. What does that even mean? My hair must have, you don't even know me for the the rate of my hair growth. Okay. Right. 
But I just, yeah, I think people just aren't familiar with it. They don't know how to um, handle it, accept it, react to it, so they just don't. Yeah. Another thing with beauty, like, we, you know, a lot of us, whether you're African-American, you know, white, European, Indian, we do do a lot with our hair. And I wonder how many people do tanning and skin bleaching. I don't do skin bleaching, nor do I tan, obviously. But, Bree, I know that you, you don't obviously go to a tanning shop that I know of. But in the summer, I have I do know that you lay out and kind of bake in the sun a little bit. I <laughs> bake in the sun. Because well. I do notice you're, you're a lot browner in the summer as well. So, I mean, talk to us about tanning. Well, you know, okay, so, yes, um, sometimes I tan. It's not uncommon for me and some of my fellow light-skinned friends to do so. Um, but, no, like, I don't know. In the wintertime, I lose some of my melanin, and I need to get it back. So I go tanning, but not traditional. Like, it's never that serious. It's not like I go in a tanning bed and I'm hardcore. But, you know, I might stand in the sun, um, our, the last Sunday, me and my friend, we were laying out by the pool, and so we kind of just laid out for a little while and s- subtly changed our shade a little bit. And um, I don't know. It's just giving your skin a nice glow. It's never that deep for me. I don't use fake faux tanners or um, go to the tanning salon or anything like that. It's just maybe, oh, you know, I'm noticing I'm getting a little pale here. I'm starting to look a little pasty or a little sickly because your skin gets that I don't know, a really, if you're black and your skin gets like this pale undertone, it doesn't really look that good, at least not to me. So, um, just a little glow in the sun is just fine. Uh, but I also know on the flip side, the funny thing back in high school, my friend and I, we would go at recess and she would avoid the sun like the plague. And I would be like, what are you, I'm, I'm cold by nature. So I would stand in the sun like, oh, this feels so good. And she was like, heck no, I'm not getting not a shade darker. And so that was a difference I noticed between her and myself was like, for me, it was no big deal to be in the sun. I didn't care if I got a shade darker, I probably needed it. But for her, it was like, nope, not happening, avoiding it. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people tan. I will say that, um, tanning's dangerous, um, because it says like tans are caused, tans are caused by harmful UV radiation from the sun or tanning lamps. So, you know, I have to say that tanning's not healthy for you. We all know this. Um, the cumulative damage caused by UV radiation can lead to premature skin aging, wrinkles, lax skin, brown spots, and more, as well as skin cancer. In fact, people who first use a tanning bed before age 35 increase their risk of melanoma by 75%. So, wow. you know... For Like I said, for me, I don't stay out in the sun a lot. I'm black, so I don't need that much sunlight. I might lay out by the pool with my friend um, and chit-chat and stuff or go swimming and get a little sun or go for a walk and get some sun. But I'm not aggressively tanning. But for those people who are aggressively tanning, you need to make sure you're using sunblock because it's dangerous. You can cause skin cancers and all this premature aging that you're going to regret. It might seem great now to have your skin darker, but you know, there's harmful effects to tanning. I have, um, I had a, when I was uh, in college, I had, um, a employer, um, at destination maternity where I worked in Baton Rouge and she actually had skin cancer and she talked about it. She had the blotches 
um, and everything else. Um, so it's definitely, it can definitely um, have an effect on people. She regretted every tanning bed she ever went to. Um, and she used to tell us all about all the sunblock and make sure we're safe and whatnot. So I definitely um, think that tanning, and there's, there's safe ways to tan. You now have the tanning spray and, you know, the tanning lotion to where it gives you that nice glow. It gives you that nice brown that you're looking for without having to harm yourself. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that's a fortunate thing that you don't have to worry about um, always being in the sun or tanning beds for that. Um, And then also going back to the skin bleaching, um, again, that's not something that I really need to do. I will say I do have bleaching cream for spots when you're when you have acne yeah like if I have acne or something I have that and it's a very low dose and it's not something I rub all over my body um or anything like like that actual bleaching cream I I know about that Ambi actually has um the you know dark spots cream and I've actually used it as well on my face like with you get blackheads from popping pimples so obviously stuff like that is not what we're talking about here we're talking about actual bleaching cream mm-hmm. right yeah like and a uh, big time jamaican um singer vibes cartel he was known for bleaching his skin he looks extremely different um and so it, it's harmful like a lot of people use it just thinking um i don't know like this whole it goes back to the whole light skin dark skin thing that we talked about in our first episode that somehow you know lighter is brighter or better just like we talked earlier about the whole brazil thing uh if you can lighten your skin you're moving up in the world or cleaning the plantation so to speak um but in reality a lot of these things are super unhealthy for your skin they can cause um a lot of harm to the body itself uh they're very dangerous for you so you should really think before you you use any of these things because they're they're very harmful to the body. Yeah, I heard that it can actually cause skin disease as well, you know. So I definitely think it was also a um, documentary I saw. It was a while back, and it was talking about um, India mm-hmm. and how the darker-skinned Indians actually use skin bleaching and how, especially, like, the women in India, they do the skin bleaching quite a bit. Yeah. And it actually causes discoloration, and it's very, very noticeable. I don't know if that's over a certain amount of usage of the skin cream, but it definitely can have some serious effects on your skin. Right, yeah. Um, I was looking up just now. It said that side effects of bleaching your skin. It is now known that chemical bleaching can lead to serious skin and health conditions like permanent skin bleaching, thinning of skin, uneven color loss, blotchy appearance, redness, and intense irritation, dark gray spots, skin cancer, acne, and increased in appetite and weight gain, as well as osteoporosis. So, Skin bleaching has some serious side effects that people are kind of overlooking. Yeah. You don't, just don't. And I I feel like for all of that, just love the skin you're in. Like, like going back to our light skin, dark skin episode, 
it's nothing wrong with being dark skin, brown skin. Honestly, I am all for the melanin. Okay. Yeah. I think that it looks really good. Right. Regardless whether you're light skin like myself, embrace it. Like, don't feel that pressure because I even today I was talking to a guy and this always happens, but he was like, oh, you're light skin. Yeah, y'all light skin girls are all the same. And I'm like, I'm not going to apologize for your bad experiences with certain women, which was not based on the color of their skin, but it was based on the content of their character. So I'm not going to apologize for that. But at the same time, don't feel that pressure because I've, I've had people tell me stuff before like, oh, you so light skin, you need some sun. And it's like, why though? That's your insecurity. So as Faith just said, don't love the skin you're in. Don't feel pressured to bleach your skin, do something that's detrimental to your health, to change your skin color, to be accepted by others. And on the flip side, don't do the same thing um, by tanning, risking yourself getting skin cancer and uh, premature aging and all these sunspots to be darker either like each either side love yourself and obviously if there's health risks and problems with tanning just like there's with skin bleach and that's saying that both sides have issues light skin and dark skin both have issues no neither side's better than the other because both sides are trying to look like the other yeah right so uh moving along we wanted to talk to you about i mean other things women go through nails naturally we all love you know uh, well not all but some women like to have their nails done and then your lashes but uh we also wanted to talk to you all about waist trainers faith um i know that you did some research on waist trainers and the health effects of those yeah honestly waist trainers is like a big movement especially amongst a celebrities celebrities swear by trainers actually and we all see the Kardashian and the Jenner women on social media sporting their corsets. And Amber Rose, you see her on her social media. And Jessica Alba has also admitted to using it to shed some excess baby weight. So for me, I do love a good waist trainer. I have worn it on occasions, especially after I gave birth to my daughter. Um, the struggle is so real to lose weight. I am not even going to lie. So when you hear a good weight loss gimmick or something that seems fast and easy, like, oh, you just wear this for um, a little a little while or a couple of hours a day and, and you just have a skinnier waist, why not? You think, you know, obviously it's the best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. But these corsets, you know, come from the whole 1500s type corsets, you know, the tie back, you know, usually sported with the... The high top hairdo and you know the little parachute yeah. type dress mm -hmm. but the idea behind it is to wear it for a certain amount of time every day and eventually your body molds itself into a slimmer figure so I'm thinking what's easier than that I mean just wear it right but there is also a huge downfall especially according to experts um, when you wear the corset you squish your lungs and ribs which make it hard to breathe and Experts also say that some women have actually passed out from wearing this for too long. And Christopher Ochner, um, who is a weight loss and nutritionist expert at Mount Sinai Hospital, he also um, said that imagine wearing it for an extended amount of time. You know, it's just not pretty. And he also said that it doesn't even work. So you think about all this stuff that you're doing, and it might not even 
help you lose weight. It, Christopher says that spot reduces, besides, it doesn't even really work. So imagine squished lungs and compressed organs and fractured ribs for nothing. And he says that spot reducing doesn't exist. You can't reduce the collection of fat in any one particular area of your body. If you push your stomach in, all the fat will go right back to where it was no matter how long you wear the corset. For a real long-term weight loss plan, honestly, ladies, we need to find another, another avenue. But honestly, for two to three hours for a special event, I would definitely still give in to the movement, especially if I want to look nice in a nice dress, a little fitted dress. Nothing is wrong with just wearing it for a couple hours, even if I know, hey, I ain't going to lose 15 pounds. Right. But it also all depends on how you look as well. We've all seen the women that wear the corset with the, you know, fat bulging at the top. So it also depends on how it looks for that event as well. So Brie. Yeah, I definitely have a corset. Um, I'm, I like to waist train, um, even though I know all the things you said are true about um, the risk <laughs> that you the risk that you take. But no, like I don't wear it every single day. And my thing about it is one, I don't wear one too tight. And I can't agree. Like I definitely know if I've gained some weight, I'm like. Ooh, I could feel myself getting lightheaded and I'll take it off because it's not worth it. However, if I am going to wear a bodycon dress or a really shapely shirt or something, I will put it on because I'm like, okay, it helps. It's the same thing with Spanx. It yeah. shapes me, but I'm not going to um, wear it till I die. And then I'm end up in the casket and I'm still fat as hell because it didn't do anything but kill me. So right, right. I definitely wear my waist trainer, um, but I wear it in moderation yeah and a lot of things are fads these people get paid for this stuff like the um the thing i wanted to talk about was the whole detox t-tops a lot of these celebrities and stuff are telling you oh drink you know flat tummy tea or mayfin i have tried these teas and i'm not gonna say they don't necessarily work um but when I did them, I can't even say that they worked or not because when I did them, I was doing them in conjunction with something else. So if I was drinking the tea, I'm like, well, if I'm going to spend money on this tea, I might as well eat healthier or work out. So I can't say, oh, the teas will really, really re reduce my bloating because I was doing other stuff that I should have been doing to reduce my weights anyway. But um, a lot of this stuff is fads, waist trainers. Now they're coming out with different kinds of waist trainers. You have the... Um, corset snap the zip the wraparounds you know at the end of the day people are just trying to make money and i think they all goes back to good old-fashioned hard work the outcome has to be greater than the income meaning you have to work out more than you eat and that's really all that's going to work whether you're doing low carb um vegetarian mediterranean diets whatever you're doing you're still going to have to burn off more than you eat so that's I agree. I mean, but going back to the T-Tox, I have also um, tried uh, T-Tox. I've tried a lot um, of gimmicks in order to, you know, shed some baby weight after having my daughter. So I did try the Skinny My um, by the T-My brand um, after having her. I would say I, I haven't, I didn't use it for a long period of time, hence getting 
pregnant again. <laughs> but um, for me, I think I saw a little um, difference in the amount that I ate. I think it kept me fuller longer when I had my tea in the morning with some fruit versus, yeah. you know, having some cereal and being hungry again an hour later. So I definitely can see that I haven't used it for a year or anything like that to where I'm seeing a big weight loss difference. But I would definitely still not be against giving it a try again after having my um, son. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I mean, I don't have kids. I've been saying this all night. But, um, (laughs) you know, yeah, we all try stuff to see if it works or not. And why not? I mean, long as it's a not going to kill you go for it if that's what you want to try but just what we're I think what we're trying to tell you is be mindful with anything you do you know know the risk before you do it like beauty's a big deal we as women go through a lot we do a lot to um be beautiful and so be healthy be smart about it it's not worth it you know there's so many fish in the sea so I think of it that way it's like if I'm doing all this stuff darn near killing myself to be beautiful and I die there's just gonna be another woman to pick up to replace the spot that I lost so be healthy and smart love yourself whatever you do do it for yourself just as Tillery told us earlier you know if you're gonna get a breast augmentation get it for yourself if you're gonna get liposuction do it for yourself if you're gonna you know um get a waist trainer do it for yourself any of these things do it for yourself but don't think that because Oh, if I lose 50 pounds, I'm going to be happy. Or, oh, if I get this nose job, some guy's going to love me and want me. At the end of the day, you have to first be whole in yourself. And to me, personally, the only way to be whole is through Christ, Jesus Christ. So if you don't love yourself and you don't love the Lord... You're just filling yourself with, you're filling your life with these voids that really won't mean anything or matter at the end of the day. You'll always be searching. Right. You'll always be searching. So, um, tonight's podcast ran a little long um we'll definitely pick up where we left off um talking about the negative side to body images and what they what they trigger um but we just wanted to go over with you all and say we share in your pain we know that all women of all races and ethnicities struggle with the feel the pressure of trying to be beautiful and staying beautiful we feel you we feel you right But at the end of the day, just love yourself. So that concludes tonight's podcast. Tune in um, next week as usual. Same time, same place. Right. um, For our next topic. And we will talk to you soon. If you have any questions, please hit us up on all of our social media sites using the hashtag AskLT. And we will talk to you later. Bye.